Hey guys, I just had to jump on here and just reflect a bit. You know, when I heard of the death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg on Friday, it really hit me differently. It felt like it just came out of nowhere and I just kept thinking like, man, she's fine. She's exercising. Like we see all the gifts and the videos of her working out, like she's thriving. And then I remembered, oh yeah, she has cancer and it came back. There's just some people who exist like way beyond our current time. People who feel like they've been there the whole time. You know, they, they've been there the whole time and they always will be. And for me, and I'm sure for many, that's who Justice Ginsburg was. Like she's an omnipresent icon, pretty much. She it felt like she would always remain, like she'd always be there. And it's hard to really come to grips that she's just like us. She's human. And her fallible body failed her. It's really that simple. But as the implications of her death come over me, I just didn't know what to do. I felt completely overwhelmed. I ended up going to my laundry room and just crying like just sobbing, like the deep, deep sobs. I feel like they're coming from the inner depths of my chest. And for some reason, this feels different, man. It hits different. It just feels so much deeper. I I don't even know how to fully express how I'm feeling. So I immediately texted my friends, right? Um, I was like texting friends, posting on Instagram. I just felt like I just needed to connect with other people about what this loss meant and how monumental it felt. And honestly, I got to the point where I just felt so hopeless that I had to sign off. And I saw that AOC was like starting her live and I just didn't even have the energy to get into it. I just wanted to feel my feelings and pray that honestly, the end of the world is not like knocking on all of our doors. But in the days since, I've seen a couple takes on her, right, on who she was as a person. Everybody's been posting about it, talking about it. I've read this very, very long write-up in the Times, um, on, on the Sunday Times, on her entire career and who she was as a, a person beyond her career and, you know, a legal and cultural figure. And a lot of people have deified her. And state, you know, she's the reason why women have their own bank accounts. They're able to get mortgages without male co-signers, have the right to get pregnant without like having to give up their entire careers or being discriminated against because of their gender in the workplace. And others have been a little bit more critical, which I was surprised to see, but curious to know more about. People cited her defense of Justice Kavanaugh, which I didn't know about it her vote for an oil pipeline on Appalachian land. And apparently she said that the Kaepernick protests were disrespectful and then walked those comments back later on and apologized. I think what's hard is that in the wake of somebody's death, like it just feels like we have to kind of immediately distill everything about that person into like something really quick, something short for like Twitter, for Instagram. Sometimes people pontificate, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's so hard to feel like you can't just sit in it. 
And it feels like we just have to say something. And I did it myself. I posted about it because I felt like I wanted to talk with other people about what was going on in my heart right then and there. It's almost like the new like personal blog that everybody used to have. But I think what's different about this is like we're doing it about her life and we're doing it about our democracy. It's, it's not just one reflection about this one person and what they contributed to our society. And it's really hard to have to do both at the same time. It's really hard to not feel hopeless about where stuff is going, like the direction that we're going in right now. And honestly, I, what's hard for me is, and I'm sure for many, is that we're seeing like our cities reel from systemic racism. And it's a system that many have benefited from and continue to refuse to acknowledge. I think it's hard because acknowledging it would demand a shift away from that system. And it's not something that people want to do. And it's also hard because we know our justice system is not equal or fair. And in many ways, it's really just been set up to benefit few and disenfranchise many of us, most of us. I don't know. But I kind of keep coming back to that feeling of hopelessness. And I'm trying not to, but it it feels, I don't know, it just feels like there's nowhere to end up. And I feel like the year, like 2020 has just given us so many gut punches. Like I'm tired of them. I, I know people who've lost their jobs, lost loved ones, friends, families, like lost time together, lost like birthday times, right? Postponing weddings. People are having Zoom weddings. I attended a Zoom wedding yesterday and I was crying during it because I thought like, this is not what it's like. I was supposed to be there supporting my friends in this new chapter in their lives and I can't be and it sucks. And I'm so happy that they did get married. I love them. Um, and I am, you know, pro marriage as I'm married myself and I like, I like being married, but I just felt sad that like this was not the experience that was intended. and you know, that, and that we're not there in person to like celebrate such a happy moment. And it just feels exhausting. It feels exhausting that like people are having to deal with educating their kids online and how like hard that is and how not everyone has access to online education or Wi-Fi and how it just like exacerbates the divisions and inequities that our society already has it just feels like a lot and and like people in their final year of school having to do that online and graduate online or you're supposed to study abroad and you're stuck at home instead it just sucks and it just feels like like we just don't have any more energy but honestly then I like take a step back and I think well look all this crap has happened, but we are still keeping it moving. Like we're still doing the damn thing. And that is, that is, that's like just what we have to do. Like, I, I mean, my own personal feelings, like we have a literal fascist in the office. I don't know what else I can do except to keep fighting because I can't, I can't rest and think like, this is how we go out. It, it just, it just can't be, that would be too much for me. So all I want to say is like, I say all I want to say is I've been talking now for God only knows how long. I just want to like urge you to keep your head up 
and just do a couple things, okay? A couple things. I've been thinking about this and I want to have a space where I can revisit my own words later. Um, I want you to first and foremost, take care of yourself. Like you need to log off when your eyes are hurting and you need to stop scrolling when your mind starts numbing to that shit because it's just too much. Like just on Instagram constantly for hours on end, you don't even realize an hour has passed is not healthy. Neither is it for Twitter, like people's random quips. It just is not, it's not needed. You can choose to protect your mind and protect your peace and take in what you need to and can and, you know, to feel informed, but then you need to like take a beat. You need to take several beats and get off of it and have a chance to recharge. And when you're feeling ready, when you feel better, don't just get back online. Like you got to take some action and people may feel differently than me, but I feel like at this point voting should be obvious. If it's not obvious, I, this is not the place for you. Like maybe this podcast is not, but it, or at least this statement is not it. But if it's not obvious, like read, read a book, read the news, like it, go somewhere else to figure out why it should be obvious. Um, But in my view, voting is obvious at this point. So if you haven't registered to vote, you need to go do it now. Like right now, you can pause this and go do it now. If you've already registered, you need to check your registration and make sure that is on lock because lots of things can change. Um, there's lots of reasons why you can be registered and then not end up on the voter rolls for some reason. Um, and you need to go check that. You could have moved. You could have, even if you've moved within the same city, that can affect it. So you really need to just go and check it. And then third, you need to figure out what else you can do. Like posting about voting is great, but you need to remember that everybody's already in their own like little silo on social media. So watching, like just posting vote in your IG stories to people who are watching your stories, they're probably already registered and they're probably already voting. So most of your friends and followers are going to think and act like you. That's just how the algorithm works. Like I'm not making it up. This is just what it is. So in my view, we have to do more. Like Voting is the floor. It's not the ceiling. Yes, it's important, but this election is going to demand more of us. It's going to, de- it's going to demand that we reach out to people beyond our regular circle and just waiting to get your mail-in ballot or voting in person or requesting your mail-in ballot. That is all very important, but all the shit that's about to go down in the next 43 days is so intense that we have to up our game if we are able to. If you're able to, if you have the mental, physical, and emotional capacity to do so, and you feel revved up by this, then it's time to do more. And more means organizing. The ways that I'm doing it is by phone banking for the presidential election, and then I'm also phone banking for down-ballot races in my city and for... uh, ballot measures statewide. That's what I'm doing. You don't need to do what I'm doing. You can do a piece of it. You can do some of it. You can do all of it. You can do more, but that's what I'm doing. I also have signed up to be a poll worker because there's a poll worker shortage since most poll workers are older people. And in the time of COVID, they can't be out there like that. So 
I'm volunteering to be a poll worker. I used to be a poll worker years ago and then stopped for the last six years. And now I signed myself up and my husband up and we're doing it like for, for four days before the election and on, or three days before the election and on election day. So that's what I'm doing. I'm educating myself about what's going on on my ballot and what's most important to me. There's so many things that are determined at the state and local level. So that's the civic engagement that I'm doing. And that's the level that I'm at. I'm not saying you need to do that. I'm saying you need to do part of that or figure it out. Right. And if you're able to do that, then you should spend some time Googling to figure out what's going on where you live and what's happening. What are the ballot measures at your state level, at your city level? What's going to be on your ballot? And if you can sign up to be a poll worker, go ahead and do that. But if there's only one thing you can do, one thing you can do, I would say it is to volunteer to do a virtual phone bank, okay? Virtual phone banking is calling people across the country for the presidential election in battleground states. Phone banking is one of the most effective ways that we can reach people who may not know yet about this or aren't paying attention about this. I mean, they know about it. They're just not paying attention, really. Or just want to check out because it feels overwhelming and we really can't like let anything fall between the cracks. So I would say if there's only one thing you can do, it would be to volunteer to do a virtual phone bank. It's all online. You do not have to go anywhere. You can all do it from your computer. And you sign up for these virtual phone banks and they teach you like through Zoom how to do it, how to call people. They run it through an electronic system that helps call people so you're not doing it with your own phone number and you're able to call people all across you know, the country. And I want to shout out a particular phone bank that I think is really great and doing good work. It's called Take Back 2020. It's a national phone banking volunteer program and it's calling Americans in battleground states specifically. So the places that are going to matter to our electoral map, that's where they're calling. So, um, if you can do one thing, you should phone bank. If you can do more than one thing, you should phone bank. You should figure out what's happening in your area locally. You can sign up to become a poll worker. Um, I have put links to all of this in the show notes. So links to the Take Back 2020 phone bank, a link to how to become a poll worker, and a link to check your own registration. Um, and then I would encourage you to Google what's going on in your own city so you know what's going to be at uh, the local level, especially, and also at the state level. I just want to end by saying, like, this is really hard. Um, this death is really hard. Justice Ginsburg meant a lot to a lot of people, and she did so much for us, but she didn't do any of it alone. She's been fighting alongside regular folks who showed up and did the work to make every one of those landmark decisions of hers and others possible. So if you're feeling sad about the state of the world, that's okay. You know, take a break, log off, take some time to take care of yourself, but then sign up to do something else. Check your registration, sign up to phone bank, become a poll worker. And of course, of course, of course, vote. Let's just do the damn thing. I love you. I hope you're well. Take care of yourself. And we'll see you tomorrow.